I feel like God expedites your growth when he thinks you are slightly behind his path for you, right? Like what he's trying to bring to the forefront in your life. If he doesn't think you're ready for it and like divine timing doesn't match with Matt's timing or Ann's timing or Phil's timing, then all of a sudden he'll be like, yo, get in there, get the fuck in there, close the door behind you. And next thing you know, you're battling the fucking lions. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks Come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith I took a chance, now we growing, see the impact Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt Welcome to the top 1% globally ranked podcast, Decoding Success. Got the fellas back in the studio tonight for a roundtable talk. We get a lot of feedback on these episodes. So keep that coming because we really appreciate it. We have a good time doing these. But boys, what's going on? How are you guys? What's happening? It's sweltering outside and we all decided to wear black and this was not coordinated. I don't know what we were thinking about. (laughs) We all the men in black. (laughs) Not the best choice, but we're we're synchronized somehow. uh, Dude, this week alone. I said this to Ann earlier, bro. I have been the most moody motherfucker. <laughs> I've been so moody this week. Bro, it's just like the, the littlest things are just like aggravating me because of this heat, bro. It's It's been challenging to navigate, but New York City, baby. Oh, man. I mean, love New York City. I don't think the summer is the best time to be in New York City. And it's funny. We all crave summer, rather. Yeah, like, I think it goes back to when we were kids, thinking about summer vacation. Yeah. But then you actually get here as an adult. And you just want to be somewhere shady and just, it's too easy to sweat here. Too yeah. It's killer. No, absolutely. What's going on with you? Everything is everything, but it's beautiful. Definitely not going to complain about heat. There could be more, you know, worse things. There are but, worse uh, things in the world. 100%. Definitely as you get older, you appreciate that like in between that springtime when it's cool, take a crisp 70, even 65, any day, yeah. any day. So Hands up. more specifically though, you guys are giving me the surface level shit. What's really going on? I guess, depending on how it's going to multitude of directions, a, lot, a lot's going on. We haven't done these in how long? I think it's been about three yeah, You m- said three months. months. I, I so. feel like it hasn't, I mean, maybe it has been that long. The first thing that comes to mind for me is just when you set certain goals, like we all, now we're in recording in mid-July and everyone has their New Year's resolutions, right? And I tend to make a really, really large list, yeah. pages and pages. And I'm like, maybe some of these I won't get to this year because this is a lot of stuff. But there's certain things that I prioritize and put a star around. And I like to check in periodically still. I think once people get into, I guess, February, a lot of people forget about the New Year's resolutions. It's kind of like an afterthought. I'm still holding myself accountable to that list. And How many things are on this fucking list? So many, man. That's why I had to prioritize and put a star <laughs> and highlight the ones that were most important. But one of the biggest ones came back from, I, it's big birthdays for my parents. Yeah. Pops is turning 70. My mom turned 65. And one of the things that I really had, like one of those moments of just like clarity and pause is like, all right, life is all about making moments and, and memories and doing dope shit. I mean, yeah. that's really the point of life. And these are big birthdays. You know, I'm very fortunate to still have my parents and, and in good health, thank God, knock on wood. But I want to do something special my, and my siblings. So we sent them to Nashville and Memphis. They went to Graceland, uh, sent them on a trip. And me and one of my sisters surprised them at dinner in Nashville. And it was just one of those moments where they were in shock. Their faces were priceless. I'll never forget that for the rest of my entire life. And you know, um, it was a reminder of like, this is why we do what we do. This is why we put in the work. This is why we sacrifice. We save money. We start these jobs to do what? Is to do things like this. So I can't say everything's checked off that list, but that one is, and it was a big check mark for me. Well, it was because of the two of you that I did 
something similar. I, I don't know when this was. It had to have been before the pandemic, I feel like, where actually, I'm sorry, maybe it was when we met up at your pops's office. Okay, yes. And we, you know, us, us three got together and we talked about like life bucket list stuff. And one of the things that came up in that conversation was sending our parents on a vacation. I did that because of you guys. Like I, I literally did that because of you guys. I remember that your mom and your sister. Yeah, I sent them on a nice little trip. That's which amazing. was also a you know a vacation for me, but <laughs> but that's, um, that's needed. No, no, seriously though, you guys you guys brought that out and gave me that idea, so I appreciate that. But that's dope. I know you enjoyed Nashville. You were on a recon mission too. That's there was right. there was an underlying recon mission. I will there. be back. Absolutely. That sounds interesting. Bro? Everything's great. Really, my main priority is my son Luca. Love yeah. him. Shout out to Luca. Love you. He's and gonna um, hear this one day. He will. He will. He, j- he just has six months. That's it's it's going. It's going. It's flew by, right? It's going. When they're that young, I mean, they change daily. They change. He's changed so much. Like, just his whole demeanor and his presence and, like, just everything. But, I mean, I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah. And I'm just trying to soak it up because I've been told a million and one times, like, this is the absolute best. And you're never going to get this time back. So, it's like, I wish I could freeze it. But I'm just enjoying it and just trying to make the most of it. So, I mean, still still trying to live, you know, in alignment with like everything, all my values and business and yeah. life. Like you said, parents and relationships, but definitely number one is my son. Really just trying to just have fun and be present and make him smile. I smile, but I want him to smile. And I want him to just remember this time as like a beautiful foundation of just pure happiness. Yeah. One of the hardest things to do, I think, is ensuring that you live in alignment when something new arises in your life. In this case, it's your son. Yeah. It could be anything, right? It could be you start dating someone. It could be, you know, you get a new job or you meet a new group of friends or whatever the case may be. So how are you making sure that you're, you know, you're staying aligned with your values? I I know being grounded is definitely an important aspect there, but what is it for you? Really thinking about how can I provide him the best life Mm -hmm. is providing me the best life. You know, it all starts with me. And if I'm not right, he'll not be right. Really being intentional, like just figuring out like how I can live the best life. And if I can focus on what I can control, which we've talked about, you know, several times. Sure. My health, my fitness, my faith, quality of how I react to my relationships, right? Friends, family, my son. If I can put that all out on the table and say every day I gave this my best, I know that. I won the day in that aspect. And if I win the day in those aspects, other things will happen that's maybe outside my control. But I feel like I'm doing something to to basically further myself. And he's only going to be just a beautiful byproduct of that. Because if I'm happy, he's happy. Babies feel everything energetically. Everything. Prior to birth, the womb, after, they pick up on everything. Everything is new for the first time. You know, feeling the wind scratching the seed and Panera bread, like <laughs> everything is new. It touches the feel, you know, I want so badly just to, just to usher him into this life in the happiest way. And really if I'm all over the place and I'm not grounded, I'm not intentional, it affects that. So for me, like now it's like times 10 times a hundred. It's yeah. like, Hey, how can I do this for me? And by a bride product, have him, you know, live the best life. So it's really just focusing on what I can control and just trying to win the day in that aspect. Yeah. No, I love that, man. You wanted to say something? Yeah, I was gonna say, I love that you're setting the example and like Lucas six 
months old and you're already it's so evident how much you care and how much you've looked into this and uh, we know you've been doing research prior to him even being born and um you know obviously you're lucky to have him but he's lucky to have you too because you're a good man and in turn a good father so it's a beautiful thing to see man it's, it's crazy to see Appreciate that. through our friendship and through these podcasts kind of the things that shift in our conversations and to, you know, to hear you talk like that i'm like damn philly philly Still got a little one, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. He's. You say this like you're partial because you have a son. Everybody says you know their kid's the best. He really is the best. Like the best. I'll, I'll tear up thinking about it. Tear up, bro. Yeah. Oof. We like that here. We like yes. that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to do the best you can for him. Yeah. And uh, that means you got to do the best for me. You can't pull from an empty cup. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yo, we're fucking five minutes in. We got All tears, right. bro. That's a record. That's a we record. We love this. Well, I'd like to hear. So we're giving updates here. Our uh, our hosts. I'm sure there's been some new and exciting things in your life lately. What's many, been going bro. on? Many, almost too many. I had this conversation with Anne. dude. I've come to realize in my life, at least, there's two tracks of growth. I haven't. I don't know if I said this to Phil, but I said this to you in a voice note. Two tracks of growth: expedited growth and incremental growth. <laughs> like the incremental growth is like step by step, step by step, little by little, little by little, and then after a while, you're like, holy shit! Like I grew so much. And then on the flip side of it, it's the fucking expedited growth where you are thrown into the fire of life. And I said this to you directly. I was like, dude, I feel like God expedites your growth when he thinks you are slightly behind his path for you, right? Like what he's trying to bring to the forefront in your life if he doesn't think you're ready for it and like divine timing doesn't match with Matt's timing or Ann's timing or Phil's timing, then all of a sudden he'll be like, yo, get in there, get the fuck in there, close the door behind you. And next thing you know, you're battling the fucking lions. But dude, honestly, so much, it's all good stuff. It's just very uncomfortable at times, you know? Well, you're calling it expedited growth now, but we'd also refer to it as forced growth, forced. which is yeah, really yeah, one of the is, same dude. thing. That's what yeah. it is. Like you can back down from it at times, like more specifically, like having a girlfriend, you don't have to meet her parents directly when she wants you to, or whatever it is. Like you, you could back down from that stuff, but what does backing down do for you? Like doesn't really do much, you know? So been a lot, bro. Just like stepping up to the plate in numerous different regards, whether it be professionally or personally or intimately or anything in between, but all good fucking stuff. How do you feel slightly removed from the situations where you were in moments of forced growth and now you could kind of, and I know you're still going through a lot of these. No, I didn't say you were, but how do you feel that you're in the thick of it? I don't know, dude. It's, it's luckily I've been getting breaks. I have like these little breaks, which are, which are great, but there are some like weeks where consistently you're just like being thrown into the fire, thrown into the fire. And it's like, yo, like I'm just not used to being in the fire that often anymore. You know, I feel like a few years back, I was more prone to putting myself in the fire. I found it more comfortable. And now like being so far removed from that version of Matt, it's a little bit different. But dude, having the breaks has been super helpful. It's definitely been super helpful. Ultimately, though, like I said, it's, you know, not quite over yet. It never will be. It never will be. It never, it never will I be. think the comfort level does expand, though. Like for what I'm experiencing now, this is out of the comfort zone. So like that will expand a bit more. For right now, it's just this has actually brought me into the most present I've ever been, where it's like just take things day by day. Like, all right, today's Wednesday. Don't worry about what's happening on Friday. Focus on Wednesday. That's the only thing that's getting me by because, dude, I would be overwhelmed as fuck, you know? I've seen this. There's layers. There's zones. Yeah. Your fear zone that you're tapping into is now becoming your comfort zone. Yeah. And then there's going to be another fear zone outside of that, which eventually is going to become your comfort yeah. zone. And you're just going to keep bracing 
you know, breaking the seal and going to that next zone, you will look back and you'll be like, wow. yeah, no, it's necessary. You keep pushing that boundary. But yeah, man, I mean, outside of that, dude, hitting 300 episodes in just a couple months, five year fucking reunion. I, I've been debating with the idea of an event. Yes. It would be the first week of November. If we did it, so I'm so saying you could have drinks. Ale wants it more than me, man. I do. I do. Um, no, but, I've been I've been dabbling with that idea. I think we would hit episode 300 of this show first week of November. Don't quote me on the day. My phone's not. My phone's recording this, so I think it would be November 5th. We would hit 300. Cool. Wow. So that's coming up too, man. Stay five true. years, bro. It's like. Fucking five years of podcasting is pretty fucking wild, you know. So I don't most people. I'm sorry. Don't most people quit after like eight episodes? You told me that. Yeah. Yeah, you told like me. Someone that. told me that. I think it's it even was less. Me. I think three or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, man. But ultimately, like, I wish he was here, my buddy Matt. I wanted a, you know, I, I shot him the invite. Our other buddy Andrew isn't here tonight, so Matt was invited. He's. I'm gonna give him the shout out right now. He was the reason I started this podcast. He was literally the reason I started this podcast when I was leaving my job with Damon. And to look back and to think, holy shit, I fell in love with this. You know, I fell in love with it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So TBD, first week of November. When you first started, I don't know if we said this on air or off air, but like the naivete, if you will, of going into something, not knowing that world. Yeah. Did you think when you first started this podcast that it would be where it is today? What were your visions when you started? There was zero vision, bro. There was zero vision. There was a lack of anything. When I had left my job, I literally had no plan. The only thing I had planned was UPW, Unleash the Power Within, Tony Robbins with Phil, Nick, Brian, whoever else was with us, I don't even know. We had that on the schedule. We had a speaking engagement in Jackson, Mississippi. I actually just saw some footage from that, the after party that Phil and I had with a bottle of Louis Martini at the hotel bar. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a long <laughs> was a time great, ago, man. I had Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and then that was it. I was like, dude, I had no plans. So to say that I saw a vision for this, bro, I didn't. I really didn't. It was the only thing I knew that I could start right away and actually do. Fuck, I don't even know if like, I don't know how many episodes this will get to. <laughs> this is another thing, just episode by episode. We'll see. I mean, I don't stop. I never stop reaching out to people and shit. So well, that's in alignment with what you just told us earlier about if it's Wednesday, we're about Wednesday. If it's Thursday, it. we're about Thursday. That's it. So yeah, yeah. you're, you're I, doing what you said. A hundred percent. When I see the episodes getting low in the tank, because you always have some in the can, like you have to as a podcaster because you're working on other people's schedules and I don't do like solo episodes or anything. It's all interviews. So like once I see things getting low, I'm just like, all right, fuck, I got to start reaching out to people. And what I'll do is I have people already screenshot in my phone on Instagram or whatever the case is. We just booked Ricky Williams, the Hall of Fame NFLer, if that even makes sense. Hall nice. of Fame NFL running back and talks with like Roger Clemens, Burt Kreishner, whatever his name is. Yeah. So we, we got a lot of things going on, man. We got a lot of things going on. It's all good stuff. It's just expedited growth. Bro. <laughs> Invite these guys to the party, by the way. <laughs> I did that last time around, bro. I invited every guest I ever had on the show. Maybe Clemens cool. will hit someone. I literally, <laughs> I invited every single person I had on. It needs to be a little bit more orchestrated. You know, it's just, it's a lot, bro. Maybe Lisa Ann will, if she's listening, maybe Lisa, Lisa Ann, Ann will come. come. Lisa Ann will come. <laughs> I know for a fact she will. I know, awesome. I know for a fact she will. But outside of all of this, let, let's dive into some juicy stuff. Ann and I actually had a conversation a little while back. And I don't know, maybe this was like two weeks ago. And you just like shot me a random text and you were like, yo, how do you feel about Man Up? Yeah. That was like the most random text I got. But where did that even come from? Well, someone had posted, here is like the epitome of toxic masculinity is, I guess, someone saying man up to another 
one man saying man up to another man. Okay. And I think what it was, it was some, and shout out if he's out there, I think it was like a license plate from another state and they, t- and they were just like really thrown off by it. It just forced me to like take pause. Because mm. to be honest with you, it never really resonated with me as mm. anything that bothered me personally. But that's the point of life. You know, you have conversations and people's opinions and perspectives will get you to kind of just be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. So I just wanted a, another perspective on, yeah. on what you thought about it because it never really crossed my mind before. So if another guy told you to man up, you wouldn't take offense to that? There's a lot of variables, right? Who, yeah, yeah, saying course, it, what the course. context is. So in my life, I think the times that I've heard man up about several things has usually been encouraging and not really in a toxic way. Yeah. So the way I've heard man up is like there's a girl at a bar or somewhere and like, ah, someone's like, not want to talk. And someone goes, dude, just man up, go over there. Say a little, like that's different. that yeah. in of itself, I don't think is offensive whatsoever. It's just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, do what you got to do. Like go over there, like get the courage and go. Yeah. I think of other contexts in which I've heard it man up and just like, well, I, and I told you this, this is a reference from an amazing show, that 70s show. And there's character Red Foreman was like the old dad, like old army veteran, tough guy, hard ass all the way. And he's talking to his younger son and man up comes up in conversation. And he's like, Dad, I don't want to do it. He's like, let me tell you something. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's like when someone says man up, they're just telling you do something you don't want to do. Yeah. And that is you get older, you'll see there's going to be a lot of times you have to man up. So if you look at it that way, yeah, I don't find it anything wrong with it yeah. in that context. What about you? A little deeper. I think that the words itself don't bother me. Yeah. It's about the meaning that you ascribe to it. That's for everything in life. So I think one set will be triggered by it. One set won't be, and sure. one set will be indifferent. So it's really what you define as a man. Mm. So when someone says man up, what do you believe a man is? There's a lot of definitions for it right now circulating around society. So it's really about what you believe in. And then also, what do you think that person meant by saying it to you and how you take it? I mean, right? I mean, my definition of a man is literally the duality. You have dualities in life. You have the yin and yang. So a man is a leader, but also a listener. He's strong but he's also emotionally connected, right? He's comprehensive. He's a, he's a keeping savage. He could also be a servant. He could serve people, right? There's the yin and the yang. One doesn't work without the other. If you're just strong, you're just strong. Like it's not going to help you in life battle through it. But if you're just emotionally connected, but can never stand up for yourself, that ain't really going to help you either. So it's the duality of both. So if someone says to me, Hey, in that context to be a man, like that's exactly what, I want to be. And we need more of that in society. Like, we don't need less of manhood. We need more of it. Yeah. Like, more than ever to step up. So it's really your definition. And to what I said earlier about, like, controlling the controllables. Like, we're all in business. We're all business owners, right? Small business owners. You you learn as you go that to scale, you need something called leverage. And leverage means being good at delegating and outsourcing. You can outsource a lot of things in life, you know, VAs, this, that. You can't outsource your health. You can't outsource your faith, your relationships, or your marriage, your friends, your son. You can't say, hey, yo, just go do my marriage for me. Yeah. Go raise my son for me, right? Go pray for me. Go meditate for me. Go eat healthy for me. Like, you can't. You can't. So there's four bucks that you have to maintain on your own. Like, you have to be man enough to step up to the plate and have that standard. I really, really respect a man that holds up those four out. What uh, are the four? The faith, your wellness, your, oh, I didn't, actually didn't say the fourth, good. 
your relationships and your personal development. Mm-hmm. So somebody else can't read the books for you. Yeah. I mean, you can send you cliff notes, but you're going to absorb it the same way. Can't have the hard conversations for you. If you do those four things, like that's a man that I admire, a man I want to be. Like you can see when someone's wearing a shirt and they look physically fit. Like it ain't just about a vanity thing. Like that discipline transfers to other areas. Yeah. The guys who don't, how do they feel about themselves? Right. No judgment. But like, how do they feel? And you notice that if these guys did the controllables, might feel a little bit better. You know, that's at least that's how I feel. And I do think that more of that in the world would be so welcomed by women and so welcomed by our children as well. And just be a ripple effect. A hundred percent. One of the things I actually I recorded a podcast episode earlier today with a guy named Laureen Kren. It's spelled like Lauren Kren. Have you ever seen his Instagram? Not sure. Not sure. Yeah, you have your phone? Pull up your phone. Mm-hmm. Pull out your phone. Please. Really good guy. Really dope guy. The reason I bring it up is because I literally asked him. I know I've had this conversation with Anne as well, and I'm sure you and I, Phil, have in the past. I literally said to him, like, we hear the term, like, masculine and feminine so often in society, but, like, what the fuck does it even mean? You know? So I don't want to give away, like, what he said, but I'm mm-hmm. curious to know, like, what you guys think, like, the word masculine means. So... I think Phil did a really good job of touching on different points. This is him, by the way. I'm sorry. I passed that around. Just so you can see. I don't know if you've ever seen him before. He's a really good guy. We had a great uh, no, conversation. We had a great but conversation. Yeah, I guess ultimately what it, that comes down to is when you think of a certain, when you think of that word, right? Like when, if someone tells you like man up, like what we talked about earlier, what feeling does that invoke and what immediately does your mind go to? Do you get defensive? Do you feel like you have to like step up to the plate a little bit? Do you feel like you have to elevate your game? Varies on the individual. When I think of like what is being a man in the traditional sense, and I'm very traditional in a lot of ways. I'm old school, as they say, but I really am. To me, that, the first thing I think of is provider. Mm. The second thing I think of is a good man, being a good man, one that looks out for his brothers, the one that looks out for his mm. sisters, for his family, for his friends, his children. And ultimately, I think that almost gets wrapped up into being a gentleman. Like I've always been into kind of like classic Hollywood. I'm not saying these guys were saints behind the scenes, but at least what they portrayed. What's a classic gentleman? You know, a guy per, like looks out for his woman. Like he makes sure you open a car door, you know? When, That's a when big you thing. open car doors for women, has anyone ever done the Bronx Tale test? Yes. Really? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> but you know it's funny that's been exposed i feel like people know it but now there's no little buttons anymore so that's yeah. like these are old cars they don't make them like that anymore yeah. but to me it just really it comes down to really what being a gentleman is and that traditional sense when we think of you know quote unquote good american family values from back in the day and how like the society was raised during the you know the greatest generation my mind goes there Mm. and what like a traditional man should be and how he should provide for his family. And to Phil's point, like you were saying earlier, I think the world needs more of that. We would be better off in society. And I think we get a lot further together if more men acted as such. Yeah. The guy, Laureen from Austria, it's not, he didn't even know how to say my name. Like, bro, my name's in the Bible, bro. But he said something pretty much similar. I was like, dude, like, what does it mean to be masculine? Because like in the past, my version of masculine was just like, physically strong. This is years ago, right? Like it would be physically strong. It would be what I would now consider toxic for someone to like believe in. But in this conversation, he goes, Matt, like masculine is a leader, like the things that you were just like hitting on. One that really stood out to me was decisive. Like just think about women don't want to make choices. They're like a man with a plan. Women don't want to make choices. So if you can step up to the plate into your masculine energy and be like, hey, it's not even about like, where are you going out to eat? 
but little things, you know, hey, I really like this bottle of wine while I had a dinner tonight in XYZ restaurant across the world. What do you do? I was decisive. I literally bought that bottle of wine. It'll be delivered to your house in XYZ amount of days. Like just making decisions quick, like on your toes was another thing that he talked about. You know, the whole provider, the whole protector thing. And it was refreshing to like hear him break it down like that and like reinforce understanding that like, I, I don't know, maybe that I didn't feel like I was masculine in some ways, but it reinforced. I'm like, oh shit, I do do all of that. It was refreshing, you know? I learned this from you guys, but to sum up kind of what I just said before, the term peaceful warrior, it's a man who is masculine. He has the capability of violence, but he doesn't use it. Mm-hmm. It's controlled. Because if you don't have the capability, I mean, Jordan Peterson says this phenomenally, right? Yeah. If you have the capability of it and you don't know how to control it, I mean, you're a mess at that point. Yeah. But if you don't have the capability and you're just this, you don't have that aggressive alertness, that assertiveness, decisiveness, like you've said, who really takes you seriously and how much can you protect, preside, and provide? Like, how can you if you're not a man that stands in his uh, core values, sure. right? And women pick up on that, man. They got a freaking sixth sense. Totally. Yeah. They pick up on that. They see it right away. It could be the littlest thing. It could be like, hey, like my mom's getting out of the car and she's walking to the curb and, you know, she sees you go quick. You're like, hey, mom, do you need help? It's like, just go help her. Yeah. And like that, those quick little things, they know that those are just ripple effects for the next. So like, I think of a peaceful warrior is like a really nice term. Like you can, you have enough awareness not to. Yeah. Right. But it's there if you ever needed to. Right? Absolutely. That's what it is for me. Yeah. And I actually wanted Dan Millman on this podcast tonight. I did actually. Shout out to Dan Millman. He, I was, he like, was like, let's shoot for the stars. Why not? <laughs> he was like, yo, can you reach out to Dan? That'd, That'd be great. great. I That'd really wanted great. to, man. There, there were a couple names being thrown around, dude. There was Dan Millman, Craig Siegel, Lisa Ann. There was a couple that were thrown around. Sure. That's a peaceful warrior for sure. For sure. So uh, what Phil was saying as well, like in terms of like decisiveness, I think, you know, especially early on in a relationship, it's very telling. We've said this many times on this podcast, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Well, if there's a very small decision that you're confronted with and you cannot make up your mind, the person on the other end is going to be like, well, what's going to happen in the future when we have a big decision to make? Is this a sneak peek of what's to come for a tiny little choice? This is not like you're trying to detonate a bomb and you don't know which wire to cut. But if yeah. you make every situation like it's a, a bomb about to explode, that's a turnoff. Like no one wants that. So yeah, I think these are little tests that happen along the way and you just have to – certain things you just be like, hey, like you talked about wine. You get the wrong bottle of wine. What's going to happen? All right. Now we know we don't like it. We move on. Sure. So I think the the struggle that a lot of people experience, specifically men in relationships, is like they want to be that decisive person, but they also want to be inclusive. I know I've experienced that where it's like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? It's like, no, dude, just, you know, set the tone, like, you know, be that person, set the tone. How do you step up into that? Like, how do you guys like include someone while being the decision maker? I think it comes down to confidence because you won't step up to begin with if you're not confident in who you are what you bring to the table and a lot of that is the personal growth inner journey of like sure. four things we just spoke of but naturally there's a level of mystery to dating to relationships and people like that right yeah. if, if we know exactly what we're walking into is it as fun so for the first one definitely in my opinion the man takes the lead and the man says something that he loves because by him loving it she gets to see a side of him that she's going to know that he like truly embraces. And then based on that date, you can ask questions. You know, did you have fun? What'd you like about this? And then 
conversation comes up and instead of just asking, you just listen. Yeah. Like, that's the one thing that like myself included, men don't do well enough. We don't listen. Just listen, hear what she likes. And then the next date, you don't have to ask her, where do you want to go? Because you listened, but you went ahead and you had the initiative. I'm like, that's, that, that's very attractive. Like that's, mm. that is very, very sexy to a woman. Yeah. Listening with intent, yeah. listening with intent. It's the little things. Cause they're always dropping little things, you know? Something that needs to be picked up on. Well, that's the mark of a good communicator, right? Yeah. It's really somebody who listens. And to your question, nobody wants to hang out with someone who's a dictator. Um, right, you can right. balance both. It just really requires being thoughtful. And if you have to make the decision, make the decision, but be thoughtful in the process. So kind of like you're asking about those cues and listening in, you can make a decision by just asking questions. Be like, hey, so what do you think of Italian? I'm not really a fan of this. I more prefer, you know, fish, seafood, whatever. What do you think about, you know, this area, that area? And then you come up with a decision, be like, okay, I found the spot for us. What do you think? Yeah. So you included them in the decision-making process by filtering out what they like. So you were literally the filter and you made a decision and guess what? If, if it has to change, it has to change. But just you presenting something and bringing something to the table is leadership and mm -hmm. fair leadership. Yeah. I want to pivot slightly here because as mentioned, Drew's not here. I had a really good conversation with Drew the other day. You know, he's stepping up into a new season of his life and just, you know, got a lot going on, man. He just got married, embracing a new side of family and whatnot. And him and I were discussing the, the topic of divine timing, which, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a concept that it's hard to buy into when you're going through it. And I know you and I discuss this a lot. It's just like, and we've actually talked about this on the podcast in the past. It's just like, how do you accept God's plan and path when shit hits the fan? Like, those are topics that we've talked about in the past. But I want to bring that back to the forefront because, I mean, at the end of the day, we do know everything always does work out. Like, it does. When has it not worked out? Has it ever not worked out for one of you guys? I guess it depends on how you phrase that question because somebody could think of a really awful traumatic experience that happened in their life and they could say, well, I wish I that had not worked out that way because I preferred life prior to that event happening. So I think it could go either way and I get what you're saying and I want to say yes. I agree with what you're saying and I know where you're going with it. I've also been fortunate to not be in a position where it hasn't. Sure. I don't think that things, the wrong things could happen and it can shake someone's life and yeah. make it worse. No, I get that. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, there are catastrophic events that happen, but, and it's not to be insensitive to the people that have experienced them. But when those people look back at that event, three months, six months, six years, 60 years down the road, it goes back to that John Gordon quote from the energy bus. I know Phil, you've read that. Have yes. you read it? Mm -hmm. You've read it, right? It's just events plus perspective equals the outcome. I speak on this all the time. It's like, you don't get to control the event that takes place, what you do get to control is your perspective, which then in return determines the outcome. But I'm sure if someone experienced a catastrophic event, I don't know why. Do you know Jeff Wittick? No. No. He's a YouTube guy. He used to roll with David Dobrik. He did some, I don't know what the fuck he did exactly, but like he fucked his eye up. Like with a crane. I don't know. It was like wow. for a piece of content, I'm pretty sure. Wow. So like a crane fucked his shit up. So like I'm using him as an example. And again, this isn't to be insensitive, but... What comes to mind is him fucking his eye up, but how much worse could it have been? You know, so like it crushed it, his skull. It could have crushed his skull. It could have he could be blind, which he's not. You know, like there's so many different things, like worse scenarios. So you get what I'm saying? I do. I just don't think I can quite answer the question the way I want to because I'm there's so many things I'm still figuring out. I feel like I am at a time in my life where I'm just like, well, why hasn't that worked out yet? And you know, there's quite a few of those 
instances that are happening right now that I'm doing deep dives in and I'm trying to wonder like, well, had this and that worked out, maybe I'd be here, but am I supposed to be here? So I'm really in in the middle of it right now. You know what I mean? And I think as you and I have talked about before in the past, it's really hard to hear when you're really in the thick of it. Someone saying, even with the best of intentions, well, don't worry, everything happens for a reason. And in your head, you're like, I know this person means well, they're saying these things from a good place, but you know, you might think like, well, easy for you to say, because now you have, you know, you kind of have figured this out and you, you got out of the rut. But when you're in the middle of the rut or not even necessarily rut of just trying to like figure out like, why is this happening? And why didn't that work out? And how, where would I be today had this worked out? I guess you can't see clearly yet. And I think in a lot of ways, not always, but in many ways, I'm still figuring this out. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like you need to figure these things out? Like, do you feel like you need to exert effort toward them to figure them out? Or do you just want to trust, surrender, and let them unfold? I'd like to say the latter to you. It's a lot I really would like to say that. (laughs) I'm over here like some philosophical guy. I would like to say that, but I think that is where we try to force things a lot, right? But I think the answer is calm when you just let it be, as the Beatles say. You let it be, and you kind of just like let nature take its course, and you kind of just going with the flow. That's where the answers typically tend to come. But it's also hard to surrender. It's really hard to surrender when you want to have answers and all of us or people are like, we're go-getters, you know, we're eight personalities in many ways of just like, no, 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 I want to pave my future, but you can't pave everything. When you feel almost powerless in the situation and you're so used to doing and making things happen in a certain way that serves you best and you're like, well, there's nothing more I can do, you kind of have to take pause, whether you like it or not. What would surrendering look like to you? Surrendering is... Well, it's funny you ask because I am going to go to Greece this summer. Hmm. And I know it's in my contract here that I must bring up Greece. That needs to be revised. In my contract, you should have seen the fine print. Surrendering is doing something like I plan to do is going to like the monasteries and just kind of taking a number of days. I don't want to go with anyone. I'm going to that the monasteries. It's called Meteora. And they're like monasteries and mountain cliffs that you have to climb mm. and hike. And it's really high up there. And I think part of that to answer your question is surrendering and not just saying, hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm not saying that. Putting yourself in a position to be able to let the answers come to you. Yeah, yeah. What's your thoughts on that, Phil? I'll give a a view that even Phil of six months ago wouldn't have thought this. Sometimes it's it helps me if I zoom out of the situation so far enough. Sometimes we're so stuck in our own problems yeah. and our own shit that we need to zoom out. And the further and further we zoom out, it's harder to see. And when you zoom out far enough, you can zoom out far enough from the earth, like you can't see anything anymore. It's just matter. It's just sky, mm-hmm. right? So when we're in it, it's hard to be reminded of that, even myself, very hard. But realizing when you zoom out, you don't see anything, even though it might sound like a little dreary, you realize how insignificant everything is and even how insignificant we are. Like, we, unless maybe we do something absolutely miraculous, like we may not be remembered in a hundred years. We may not be remembered in 500 years, a thousand years. Even like the biggest, biggest guys we look up to, the Titans, they passed. You don't hear about them. Queen Elizabeth passed. I never heard about her again. Like, yeah. you know, like you realize how insignificant it is. So looking at things from that aerial view, right? And 30 feet doesn't work. Raise the 60, raise to 100 and just keep zooming out. And I actually got this from a Joe Dispenza meditation did several years ago. Zoom out far enough until there's literally enough. And the other side to it too is the perspective side. Mm. That like there's always something for you to learn. Always. 
And there's a good reason why you haven't learned it up to this point and you're not seeing it in the situation. You're not ready to learn the lesson yet. Yeah. So connecting the dots forward won't work for you. But And it's a control thing. But when you look back in the rear view, you'll see how it all connected and you'll be like, I'm so glad this happened and this didn't happen and I wanted this to happen. And, it, you know, it, it will just all piece itself. It's, it is easier said than done. Yeah. But that's one nugget that has served me is like you zoom out far enough. Even the person that you think is the best person on earth, the most popular, the richest, this is that, none of it matters. It's going to be a lot of people that have a bone to pick with you. You're telling them they're not the center of the universe. That's such a easy thing to believe, right? There's a lot of that, yeah. Absolutely. And we all think that. And what I'll add to that same sentiment is I really, really, really believe in energy and the fact that we're all emitting something positively or negatively. And that famous quote, right? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear, the master will appear. So when your energy and you're primed to actualize something in your life, the same people or persons are actualizing that as well, yeah. positive or negative. And you're going to receive that, like you said, divine timing. Yeah. Divine is also, everything is constantly working and we just have to decide, is it, we're going to let it work with us or against us? Yeah. By, you know, which way are we rowing? So that significant other is looking for you as you're looking for her. That job is looking for you as you're looking for the job, but based upon how you are in your everyday life, that John might say, no, you're not my top pick. Like, yeah. you're, you're not ready. You're not ready. Or, you know, this or that. And so it's being ready and showcasing that by your energy as well. I think that plays into the divine as well. Like, you have to do your part. Absolutely. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying earlier in regard, like you were talking about how, uh, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. That comes in the form of experience, too. You know, that comes in the, it doesn't necessarily have to be a person. I've been learning that big time. Definitely something that I've been learning, that's for sure. But with a few more minutes left, boys, got to wrap this up. Last remarks. Actually, one thing, I don't know if you guys have heard, one thing that I've been doing, I got this from Stephen Bartlett. Have you guys checked out his podcast? Yes, he's, he's very good. He's, he's fucking fantastic. He really is. He does something at the end of the podcast. I'm not going to do it here, but I'm going to tell you guys. One thing that I've been doing at the end of the show mm -hmm. is asking the guest a question to ask the next yeah. guest without knowing who's who. Without knowing who's who. If you guys want to throw in a question, I'll put it in the hat. I mean, literally gut, I just thought of right away was, what was the happiest moment of your life? Mm. And what about you? What was an instance that you didn't necessarily want to do something, ended up doing it, and it having positive consequences? Uh, you talk about that often. Yeah. You talk about that, that often. happens a lot. Yeah. More and more. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. But boys, to wrap up on this note, appreciate the both of you. Shout out to everyone that's tuned into this always. I mean, we wouldn't be top 1% in the world without everyone that tunes in. So thank you for that. Be on the lookout. November, potentially, episode down. 300, five-year party will be pretty dope. We'll see what happens with that. But gentlemen, thank you so much for this. Appreciate you guys. Thank you to everyone that's tapped in. Make sure you share the show. Check us out on social. Until next time, everyone. Be blessed. Peace.